Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our topic today is strengthening the use of evidence in federal grant making. Our guest is Robert Gordon, who is a senior policy official in the Obama administration and a guiding force in the administration's evidence agenda. Here's a clip. We're in a world where the use of evidence is it's so limited in government programs. We have such a long way to go before we have to confront the problem of asking for too much evidence. I would much rather lean in right now and say, you know what, if you want funding from this competitive program, bring some evidence to the table. And you can have tiers, as we have done in a lot of programs, and say, if you want a limited amount of money to test things out, you don't need a lot of evidence. You need a great idea. But if you want a lot of money, bring more evidence to the table. If you think about what the federal government does, grant making may not be the first thing you think of. In reality, however, billions of dollars flow from the federal level to states, localities, and nonprofits in the form of grants. Our focus today is how the federal government can encourage more evidence-based policy through the grant-making process. Our guest is Robert Gordon, who has held several senior positions in the Obama administration, including one of the top leadership roles at the White House Office of Management and Budget, and also the Chief of Policy for the U.S. Department of Education. In those roles, he was widely known as a champion of the use of evidence and rigorous evaluation, and one of the architects of the Obama administration's evidence agenda. He's also the co-author with Ron Haskins of a bipartisan agenda for strengthening the use of data and evidence that was published in a recent book called Moneyball for Government. Today, he's the Senior Vice President for Finance and Strategy at the College Board. Robert, welcome. Thank you, Andy. So I want to start by asking you about your motivations behind your recommendations that you and Ron Haskins made related to federal grant making. What's the status quo today in terms of grant-making practices at the federal level, and why is there a need for reform? There are a lot of different kinds of grant programs, but very few of them prioritize the use of evidence about what works. So the dominant form of federal grant program is a formula-based program where money goes out based on some perception about need. So it could be based on population, based on the number of kids in poverty or adults in poverty. It could be based on some measure of geography. Um, uh, And those things are all important, but they don't measure whether the money is going to be well spent. On the competitive side, where people have to apply for funds uh, and, and make some demonstration, there are a lot of programs that are highly specified. So they might require you to demonstrate that you have a program with the following 18 attributes. Um, And those attributes are meant to be representative of what a program needs to succeed. But again, the relationship may not be as tight as you would like. And then even when programs are more flexible, um, as they sometimes are, you get a lot of emphasis on tell us what you're going to do. Tell us all the the great things that you have in mind, uh, but much less on show us why the model you're using is actually going to work. One of your recommendations that you and Ron Haskins propose is that federal agencies conduct grant program lookbacks with the goal of replacing mandates for specific processes for new incentives for outcomes. Tell us what you mean by a grant program lookback. Yeah, so by lookback, what Ron and I meant was agencies should do a review and they should review their grant programs one by one and take a look at whether there was the right balance between process and protections for vulnerable populations, which are important things, uh, and an emphasis on results and actually delivering. And I think what agencies would find is that in many cases, there is 
a level of specification around process and delivery mechanisms and controls on things like money that, uh, while all that stuff is important, often gets in the way of delivering results. There was a high-profile look back in the federal government in recent years that applied to a different topic, which was federal regulations. You're taking that idea and applying it to grants. Yeah, so one of my friends read this chapter and joked with me that when we talked about lookbacks, it was like the classic proposal for a blue ribbon commission with a top to bottom review and that there's a kind of uh, political BS element to that. But, you know, I remember that people said that when I was at OMB about the look back initiative that Cass Sunstein led from OIRA, which was to look across the uh, entire body of federal regulations and find opportunities to streamline and modernize. And everyone said, "Ugh, it's a paper exercise PR. But folks came in with great real stuff. And the important thing was taking a focused view about how to streamline and how to, how to modernize. When it comes to grant making, we have lots of reauthorization processes that often operate in the context of a particular program and particular needs. And those things are really enormously important. But the idea that Ron and I were talking about was that we should take a cross-cutting look at how to modernize the operation of programs, how to cut away process mandates that don't drive toward results, and how to institute a greater emphasis on doing what works. Um, the example we talked about in the book was Head Start, um, enormously important program, record of success, also record of challenges, and I think everyone agrees Head Start could perform better. Um, historically, Head Start has had a huge emphasis on, on processes, pages and pages of regulations about what programs need to do to comply with requirements for how far apart beds are and how people sit at lunchtime. Um, and much less clarity about the outcomes that it is driving toward for kids. Now, in the case of Head Start, in recent years, we've seen real changes. So since we wrote that chapter, the, the Obama administration has streamlined regulations in a really positive way. And there's increasing clarity, though I, I still think there's room to move forward about what does the program need to accomplish and what flexibilities would be useful? What is there a kind of performance contract that can exist within Head Start where programs would have more flexibility, but they would be accountable for results? So that's happened in Head Start, but Head Start's an $8 million a year flagship program. There are dozens of smaller programs that don't get the attention of Head Start that aren't flashpoints and ideological debates and where that same kind of process could bear real fruit. But I think it would take a cross-cutting effort across multiple agencies with a common mission and common charge. And I think you could get a lot done. So Robert, another one of your recommendations is to transform existing formula and competitive grants to use more evidence. And I'd like to start with the formula grants. Um, as our listeners, many of our listeners will know, those are the bigger dollar uh, grants in government compared to discretionary or um, competitive grants. And you might think, well, because the money flows by formula, there may not be an opportunity to add incentives for evidence. But in fact, there are some ways to do that. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple cool ways to do this. An interesting model that we are seeing in action, and we'll see how it goes, uh, is reflected in the new version of the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, where for some large buckets of formula funding that go to states or districts, there is a requirement to use them on evidence-based programs. Uh, and there's a definition of what that means. And, you know, there's a balance here. You can imagine defining evidence-based so tightly 
that states and districts don't, don't know what to spend their money on. They don't have anything. Um, you can imagine defining it so loosely that it's just more words. I personally would aim to have a meaningful definition that has some teeth. I think that it would be a great thing for us to create more demand for programs that are actually based on strong evaluation. And I think it's a good problem to have that we don't have enough of those because I think if we ask for it, we will find a way to do it. Not yet clear if, if ESSA gets the balance right. I think we'll see that over coming months and years. But certainly, uh, it was an important effort to embed these concepts into a formula-based program. One other approach I wanted to mention to our listeners is that you can use competitive grants as bonus money for states and localities that are willing to use their formula dollars, at least part of their formula dollars, uh, to fund evidence-based approaches. In other words, using competitive grant dollars as incentive money. Yes, you could use competitive programs. So you could basically say that um, you have this formula and then there is a 10% bonus that will be given to states that meet some criteria around the use of their formula funds uh, for evidence-based initiatives. You definitely could do that. And tell us your recommendations related to discretionary grants, also called competitive grants. Uh, just for our listeners' sake, this is a bit more straightforward in terms of adding incentives for evidence. You can, for example, designate a certain number of points in the competition that would be based on the quality of the evidence that the applicant brings to the table to back up their approach. That's right. You can add points or you can just say you need evidence at this threshold in order to get this kind of grant. One criticism that you hear is that, well, this is going to discriminate against new programs or programs that don't yet have that kind of evidence base or against programs where the kind of evaluation you're talking about isn't really appropriate. And I think those are all fair concerns. My reaction in general is that um, we're in a world where the use of evidence is it's so limited in government programs. We have such a long way to go before we have to confront the problem of asking for too much evidence. I would much rather lean in right now and say, you know what, if you want funding from this competitive program, bring some evidence to the table. And you can have tiers, as we have done in a lot of programs, and say, if you want a limited amount of money to test things out, you don't need a lot of evidence. You need a great idea. But if you want a lot of money, bring more evidence to the table. And am I right, Robert, that the bigger vision here is that competitive grants could be the area where you incentivize evidence, learn what works, use that learning to then inform the use of the much larger formula funds. That's right. The vision would be, going back to my answer about federal education funding, that as you generate more evidence-based initiatives with proven records of success through the competitive funding, that in the formula context, you could ratchet up the amount of demand for evidence-based programming because there would be, be more supply. I do want to ask you about your third recommendation, which is that agencies create new flexibility to test new approaches, things like using waivers. And I'm particularly interested, Robert, in your perspective on this as a progressive, because there are often concerns from uh, the left that new flexibility will uh, create more problems than they solve, will hurt the most disadvantaged people in society. You argue that flexibility has got to be a tool in public leaders and public managers' toolkits if it's done well. Give us your perspective. I think there is room for a lot more productive experimentation in government programs. I think that there is a very legitimate and important concern among progressives in particular 
that if you take away all the rules, that some bad things are going to happen and some leaders will take money away from the most disadvantaged people who most benefit from government programs or will rely on shady providers and that you need a floor of protections. And I think that's fair and it's really important. And I certainly wouldn't want to undo the floor of rights and basic subsistence that's provided by a program like SNAP. On the other side, we have lots of, of programs that really do have rules that stand in the way of useful innovation. And I think Head Start, as it has historically existed, is an example. I think Job Corps is another important large program that could leave a lot more room for innovation. And I think waivers can be a powerful way of driving it. I think conservatives are often quite good about promoting experimentation. Uh, what sometimes gets left out is the importance of, of evaluating uh, and having enough guardrails that you can actually learn something. I think just block granting a program and sending it down to states or localities, it gets the money closer to the people who need it, um, or it gets the rulemaking authority closer to the people who need it. You can argue about what's going to happen then. But from my perspective, what's often missing then is any mechanism to learn. And, and so to have an experiment and then 10 years later not know whether it worked is not where you want to end up. A final question for you, which is, what's your advice to senior leaders and agencies who want to do more with evidence, whether that's in grants or elsewhere? From talking with you, Robert, I think one thing you've mentioned is that it takes a willingness to push to unstick the status quo. Uh, it does. I would give two bits of advice. One is find your allies, whether they're in your agency or at other agencies, that there are people across the government who know an enormous amount. They're often senior civil servants who know an enormous amount, who understand the research and understand the challenges and find those people and work like heck with them. The second is be willing to push. I think a challenge around the use of evidence is it's not sexy. It is more fun to go out and talk about the particular program model that you know is a success uh, than it is to set up a framework that's going to work over time for identifying programs that work. But the second's going to work better. And so you're going to have to fight for it. And people are going to say, I don't want to do that. I want to do this thing. That's a good press release. And you're going to have to fight and push. And you can do it. Uh, and it's worth it. It's a good note to end on. Robert, thanks for being with us. Thank you.